We have been uh, in the More Than Conqueror series this summer. Uh, Romans 8, 37, shout it with me. And all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Uh, we have spent a great deal of time in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Read it with me. Be strong and courageous. Do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We have worked the scripture over. Uh, I can't keep enough of these. How many need a new be strong and courageous bracelet? Okay, they'll be up here in the altar at the end of the service today. And uh, I want you to spend some time with me regarding um, this. How many have given your bracelet away? You know, four or five times. Anybody? I have two. So uh, it just keeps coming up in conversation over and over and over again. Be strong and courageous. This is a battle cry. We'll talk more about it in this message. Uh, and the, these, two, these, these words come up over and over in the word of God. It is not, this is not one of those places you can just proof text, that you can just grab a scripture and say, well, this proves my moment. This is a theme of God's word. It is a theme for us to, one, be strong and courageous, understanding what that means, uh, it, it, no matter what the battlefield looks like, be strong and courageous with the understanding the Lord is with you wherever you go. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. Do not put your enemy in a God, uh, in, in, a, in a God outfit. Don't declare that your enemy is God. Don't bow to them. Don't lay on your face and worship them. Be strong and courageous because God is with you wherever you go. So uh, today I want to teach you from the topic, the conqueror's journey. We're going to encapsule all of these all of these things in Joshua today looking at Romans chapter 15 verse 4 would you read that with me for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scripture we might have hope powerful passage isn't it so if you're deciding whether or not you ought to be in the word hello you want to read that again? Let's get this into our spirit. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So everything that we read about in the Old Testament worked in the lives of people in the Old Testament to give us an idea in the new covenant of how God works in people's lives today. So everything in the Old Covenant, everything that we read in the Old Testament, it's, it's giving us an idea in the New Covenant of how God works in your life. So everything that we read, now we need to make that practical. So understand this, God is busy working in your life. Amen. Say it, God is working in my life. Say it, God is working in my life. And secondly, also in the same way that he worked in the lives of believers, of the Hebrews, he also wants to work in the lives of the church. So when you read in the Old Testament the way that God worked in people's lives, God wants to work in my life that way. He wants to work in our lives and he wants to work powerfully just as he helped Joshua and the nation of Israel conquer the promised land. He wants to help us conquer so that we can enter new seasons, so that we can take new territory, so that we can know his blessings in our lives in new ways. 
But in order to do that, you and I have to set our gaze on God's best. We have to look at our lives with positive expectation. We need to, as we talked last week, we need to be wholehearted. We need a wholehearted uh, lifestyle. We need to move in the direction of God's plan. So we've been looking at the book of Joshua and and especially at the highlights as we've walked with this conqueror Joshua on his journey. So as we've looked, we've looked in five areas. One, in deliverance, in the reception of the covenant. Thirdly, in living in the wilderness. Fourthly, in warfare, spiritual warfare. And fifthly, in receiving the inheritance. So all of these areas... And I want you to look carefully because I've written uh, some specifics in your notes. Keep your ink pen handy. In all of these areas, we've studied and found that God walks us through deliverance. He walks us into reception of covenant, to walking into covenant. He walks us through wilderness. Can I get an amen? He walks us through wilderness. He leads us into spiritual warfare and ultimately to the place of receiving his inheritance. Last week in the series, we learned that on this journey, we have to be wholehearted. We can't, and this was at the beginning even, I, I talked to you, we can't, we can't be hokey pokey in our relationship with Jesus, right? Like right foot in, right foot out. You know, how many have lived that way in your spiritual life before? Like one day I'm here and one day I'm, we, we've got to put our whole selves in. And live completely for the Lord. Again, our theme scripture, Joshua 1 and 9. Be strong and of good courage. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the message at the beginning of Joshua's leadership. It is written before the book of Joshua is written. It is, it is the word of God to Joshua. It is the word of God through Moses to Joshua. It is the word of God to Joshua as he speaks it to himself. It is the word of God to the people of God who speak it to Joshua. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid or dismayed. The opposite of strength and courage is to bow before your enemies as, as, as if they were God. And what he's calling us to do is to bow to his word. Now, now, let me take you further in the word of God regarding the scripture. Because it is continually spoken. It is spoken by King David to his son Solomon. As Solomon becomes the leader in First Chronicles chapter 22. He says, now my son, may the Lord be with you. And may you prosper and build the house of the Lord your God. As he has said to you. Only may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding and give you charge concerning Israel that you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you take care to fulfill the statutes and judgments with which the Lord charged Moses concerning Israel. And then he says these words, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be dismayed. You see the echo in the word of God. And then you you continue, Hezekiah spoke the words over his armies when Jerusalem was being attacked by a massive Assyrian army in 2 Chronicles chapter 32 and verse 7. Again, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed before the king of Assyria, nor before all the multitudes that is with him. For there, there are more with us than with them. 
With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us fight and to help us and to fight our battles. So how many see that this is, are you seeing that being strong and courageous, it is the way that we live our lives. It is the spirit, the heart, the attitude of those who will be victorious in battle and victorious in life. What we have seen, however, is that this is a very large statement. Notice, again, we, we've talked about this from the Hebrew, and uh, we, we learned that it is rak hasaks amats. It is the sound of the strength uh, of the spiritually zealous heart is the unwavering and yielding confidence before the field is ever taken. Some of us feel very strong after we've been victorious. We need to be strong before we go to battle. Shout Amen. So, but I want you to look at just the Kasaks. I want you to look at the rock Kasaks. Literally, it is to be empowered because you know that the Lord is with, us, with you. It suggests the word specifically, endowment. Have you heard the word endowment in scripture before? As in, and the word endowment is to put on strength as if you are getting dressed. To put on strength as if you are putting on clothing. And I... And I, uh, this, this hit me, uh, I, I, was, I prepared my sermon, and then uh, Moni walks up to my office and hands this over to Diana, and this is kind of a powerful little thing, and it, it just kind of, it was the right time. It's amazing how the Lord speaks to everybody at the same time, you know, it's just amazing because Moni thinks she's just down there getting clothes ready for the closet, and, uh, and she found this in the clothing that had been dropped off. It's a box. And uh, it has a yarmulke in it, and it has an old prayer shawl in it. It was just dropped off at the food, in, the, in the clothes closet, and there was a note inside the box. This shawl is, was given to your father by his mother-in-law, gives their names, in 1933. Wow. And this smaller shawl belonged to someone else, the first one when he was 10 years old. So... So this, 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 this prayer shawl has been, was given to somebody in 1933. If you're here and you accidentally dropped it in the clothing closet, I'll give it back to you after I finish preaching all day. Okay? So <laughs> right now it's mine. Okay? So the shawl is so symbolic. Uh, and here's it, it really, the, the prayer shawl is it's called a talit, right? How many know about the talit? And I've always had one or two in my office. I've given some, you know, somebody says, I can't find one. And so I always try to hang on to one. It's so symbolic, but it's symbolic of journey. All right. Talit really means little tent. And so as the children of Israel uh, uh, came out of, of, of Egypt and then they crossed the Red Sea, then they wandered in the wilderness for four years. And they lived in tents. And, the, and when you say the word tabernacle, some of you use, use the word tabernacle as a house of God, but really a tabernacle, uh, the word tabernacle is tent, is what it is. So before Solomon would build the temple, before that took place, uh, the house of God was in a tent. And the Holy of Holies was a tent. And the, the, the Ark of the Covenant sat in a holy place, but it was in a beautifully designed tent. So the people would wear 
these prayer shawls and they would pray. And, and when they were in them, it was if I'm in my own, wherever I am, I'm in a tent. And if I'm in the wilderness, I'm in the presence of God. No matter where I am, I can, I can walk in the presence of God. And the men would wear these all day. They, uh, you know, I've been to Israel. And I've seen people wear these. They'd wear suit, but underneath them, you would see, uh, the, you, you, you would see the cords underneath them that represented the law and the covenant. It was a statement of covenant. They'd wear their suit jackets. How many know what I'm talking about? They'd wear them. So it's, it's the sense uh, for them that it brought Israel into the nation of promise. The, the same God that brought them into the nation of promise is the same God that will give you strength and power to get you through whatever you've gone through. Don't ever forget that at one day you were enslaved. And one day you crossed the Red Sea. And then there was a day where your people were in the wilderness. You say, well, I was never in a wilderness. How many have ever been in a wilderness before? How many have ever been in a wilderness? And as you walk through that particular time, the same God that got you out of Egypt will get you through the wilderness and get you to the land of promise. The same God will defeat your enemies and the same God will bring you ultimately into your inheritance. Somebody shout strength and courage. And uh, so uh, I'm celebrating this. There's Moni. I'm celebrating this with all of you today because I want you to understand that the the same God that you started in covenant with is not finished. Now, you'll notice that you took this and what did I do with it? What did I do with it? I put it on. All right. I put it on. So the cool thing about the tallit is the idea that I must put it on. You understand what what do you need to do? With the power of God. What do you need to do with it? You need to. What do I need to do? Okay. Do you have responsibility? Okay. Because our, our insight is this. Come on God. Put it on me. And God's tell, he's telling us. I need to put it on. I need to put on the power. The strength of God. So contextually the Israelites understood. It was to be worn. So you see. You can see in the scriptures from Old to New Testament, this is the theme. What, wherever you are and whatever your situation, God is with you and he wants you to know that with his help, you will get through every season. Just don't quit. Tell somebody, say, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't let go. Philippians 1 and 6, Paul writes this. He says, I am confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. So the words being confident, okay? The, the word confident, they're really in the, the if, if you do study on it, the word is being confident, all right? So it is similar to the word being strong. Paul speaks of himself as being a, the, a personification of confidence. Basically, it's like saying this, I am clothed in confidence. I am clothed in this one thing. I'm dressed in this, that he who started a good work in me is able to complete it. He who got me out of Egypt and into the promised land, he's able to complete what he started. In Ephesians 6 and verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and put on the whole armor. Do you see the dressing here? Do you see this? Uh, football season's around the corner. Somebody praise God in August. Football season's going to start. I, somebody saying boo. I'm saying hallelujah. I like football. I just like watching football, playing football. Anyway, uh, here's what you will do. You will do it right here. Some of you were doing it this morning already. You wore the clothes of your team. 
You will go and buy jerseys and hats and banners and all of that and talk smack to other people who put their stuff. You got, you got stuff that you will put on your car. I know how you are. I know how I am, all right? Uh, so with all of that said, I want to tell you this. There are more important things to put on. All right, the word be strong in Ephesians 6 is the, is, is the word uh, endunamu, which is to put on dunamis, to put on the clothes of power, the garment of power, no matter where, are, where you are on the journey. Now, how many have ever heard the word dunamis before? All right, the word dunamis, when, when the Lord Jesus in Luke 24, he, he, uh, after he had walked, he had risen from the dead and he walked with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, he sat down and he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them the word of God. He told them what was necessary to do. And he said, you are witnesses of these things. He says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So this is the plan of the Lord. That we, like Joshua, would be clothed with power. That's what he did for the nation of Israel. So today, on this Sunday, July 21st, it is God's plan that you live and dwell dressed in strength. And the, that, that strength is the Holy Spirit. As our Jewish brothers were, were the, the talit, we should be clothed in the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, Joshua 1 and 9. Be strong in the Lord and of good courage. Do not be afraid. The Lord is with you wherever you go. In 2 Chronicles 32 with Hezekiah. With him, with the enemy, is the arm of flesh. With us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. Come on, brothers. This is how we fight our battles. Clothed in the power of God himself. So this is our message today in Romans 15 and 4. That's why we have read all of this in the Old Testament. We need to take a look at where we are on the journey. We need to discover where we are on the journey. And we need to find out and we need to deal with it. When you're on a journey, you shouldn't be blind and hopeless. We've been looking at the book of Joshua and specifically at the highlights. So I've given you boxes to check in your sermon notes today. Deliverance, covenant, wilderness, Warfare, inheritance. Where are you currently on the journey? My question for you today is, where are you? If you're watching on webcast, the question is, where are you? Uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast, the answer is, the question is, where are you in your journey? You need to understand where you are. Some of you don't know where you are. You say, I'm saved. I don't know what's going on. I just want God to do something. You know, I want you to understand where you are so that you can be properly clothed for the moment. Amen. All of us are somewhere between deliverance and inheritance. So we struggle sometimes because we have this belief that the moment we confess Jesus, we just go... Everything's done. How many know God's not finished with you? He's not finished. And, and so the, the truth is some of you are early in your journey. And God uses the story of Israel's journey from deliverance to inheritance to teach us he can get you through. How many know the Lord can get you through? Again, the question is where are you? So just check the box that represents where you are. First of all, the deliverance of Israel. The deliverance of Israel equals an encounter with the Almighty God. In Exodus 2, 
the Bible says the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. Now it seems like it's a bigger story than this, but ultimately the children of Israel had forgotten who they were. They were blessed even though they were in bondage. Come on, anybody understand that? There are people that don't know who they are. I'm not even talking about people that are Christians or people that go to church. I'm talking about people you work with, people that you might know, and people forget who they are. Do you know that before you got saved, somebody was praying for you? Did you know that Jesus died for ungodly people? Did you understand that? That even if you don't know Jesus today, I want you to know Jesus knows you. And you may like your life okay, but here's the deal. You end up living in a situation of bondage. The Israelites had forgotten that they were on their way to the promised land and got sidetracked in Egypt. And Pharaoh enslaved them. And for fear of them becoming greater than his own nation, he aborted their children and placed massive uh, burdens upon them. Does anybody, does that make sense to anyone? And one day the nation wakes up, they had lost their children, they had lost their future, they were building a life in a place in a way that life is not buildable, and in misery and in bondage they cry out to God, and God delivers them through a journey that leads them across the Red Sea and through the wilderness and across the Jordan and ultimately into the promised land. Now this might be you today, it might be where you are. Part of the journey, you wake up one day and you don't love your life. You are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Come on. It's not working for you, and the enemy has obviously screwed up your life. Does that remind anybody of a place where they were at some time? Perhaps you were in addiction. Come on. I said being sick and tired of being sick and tired, or you were struggling in your marriage. You are in a place, and we tell people a place called disillusionment. You got married, and then some, one day you wake up and say, well, this is not what I expected, and you are dish, disillusioned. It feels like the romance is over, or you are in anxiety. It's a life that feels worthless and empty, or in sexual brokenness, where it is the reality that intimacy without a moral compass is actually bondage. Did I say that? Yes. Intimacy without a moral compass is bondage. You say, no, no, I'm free. No, you're not free. You're in bondage, and you've decided that bondage is your life. Or you are in, uh, gener- in generational bondage where you realize that your dysfunction in life is greatly a picture of the brokenness of your parents. Or you're in spiritual bondage, which is the revelation that you're living in deception and something evil is controlling your life. Or you're in cultural bondage and you realize that the ideas of the world you are living in are actually broken and have never worked for you and you need a new way to live your life. Whatever it might be, Today could be your day to cry out to God. God, I'm sick and tired of living my life this particular way. I need deliverance. And watch what happens when we cry out to God in Psalm chapter 18 and verse 4. David writes, the cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. Uh, The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. 
In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. And from his temple, I love this. He heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked and the foundations of the mountain shook. And they trembled because God was angry. He, smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Anybody think you ought to cry out to God on occasion? Uh, Psalm 18 verse 16 finishes it up this way. He reached down from on high and took hold of me and he drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. I love that. He reached down his hand for me. Somebody shout amen. In my mess, I just cried out. I didn't do anything right. I hadn't got it figured out. I hadn't confessed Jesus as my Lord. I was just in a mess and I was sick and tired of my life and that oh God help me and God moved marvelously and powerfully in my direction the New Testament clarifies this through Jesus in Romans 10 the word is near you it is in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith we are proclaiming that if you confess with your mouth Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved just Jesus that's what that is somebody shout it Jesus it's not complicated now this is how you confess and this is how you, this is your posture no how many have been in a mess of a mess of a mess you are just about to lose everything and the only word you could cry out is Jesus in Romans 8, 37, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor light nor angels or demons or the present or the future or powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that. Come on. I ain't doing everything right now, but Jesus loves me. Anybody with me? Come on. Somebody say, Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Come on, children. Jesus loves me. And on occasion from the mess, and that's what I pray for people on occasion. People who are away from God. People that are in a mess. And, I, and, and the enemy is having his way. And one day they'll just cry out, Jesus! Jesus. I some of you have been praying for my dad. He was sick this past week. He's out of the hospital. Hallelujah. But I'm t- I was thinking about my daddy. And I was thinking, you know, people should not mess with me. I will tell my dad. All five foot four of him, 81 years old, will jump in the car and find you. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Maybe you don't have a daddy like that, all right? Daddy on occasion will tell me. He'll tell me on occasion, look, you're still my boy. And I suddenly feel about 12. You know what I'm saying? And I hear heaven calling out to you today and saying, I want you to know you're still my girl. You're still my boy. I still love you. And no matter how broken you are, how far away from me, just call on me. Let me get involved in the bondage that's in your life. And then covenant. You might want to check the word covenant. Covenant is simply this, entering a personal relationship with Jesus. After Israel got out of bondage and they crossed the Red Sea, you remember the story, Then they go to Mount Sinai, and there God meets them. In Exodus 19 and 4, you yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me and fully fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be a treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Somebody shout covenant. 
Okay, A covenant is a relationship that is tied to life and death. Really, the word covenant means cutting. Did you know? It means bleeding is what it means. So, so because when covenant was made... Something died and the parties would enter. If you've, if you've studied sacrifice, what you know is the sacrifice was cut and people walked through the, 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 the body, walked through the covenant. And somebody thank God for Jesus. Would you thank God for Jesus? You cried out to God and, G, and the Father sent the Son Jesus who went upon a cross and he was beaten and his blood was spilled for you and me. And out of that, the veil in the temple was torn in two so that you and I could walk through it into the very presence of God. You cried to God and now he's calling you and he's saying, look, I want to set you free. But for the rest of your life, I want to walk in covenant with you. That's why we have these things here. Anybody ever taken the Lord's Supper? Anybody received the Supper of the Lord? We have a little piece of bread and we have a little bit of juice and some of you need to enter into covenant with God today in certain faiths you would have your first communion at some point in your life here's what I'm telling you go ahead today and decide that not only are you going to be set free from bondage but for the rest of your life you are going to walk in relationship with father through Jesus Christ Go ahead, eat the bread, drink from the cup, and declare that you belong to him. Praise Jesus. The Lord's Supper is in Luke 22. You can study that. Now, now you're walking with the Lord Jesus. And this is what he says in John 8, 31. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's where some of you are right now. You've been rescued by the Lord You'd be dead if it weren't for him. But today, he's calling some of you into covenant to literally walk by the broken body of Jesus and enter into an eternal relationship with the Father. Israel went from Egypt. They crossed the Red Sea. They went to Mount Sinai. They entered into covenant. And then they went into the wilderness. The wilderness is a time of testing. Come on, a time of testing. I'm in covenant with Jesus. I ain't got nothing to worry about. How many know God will test you? Anybody know that? In Deuteronomy chapter 8, he said, the Lord says this, You shall remember that the Lord your God led all the way, led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you. All right? You're saved, but you still got an attitude. You're saved, still full of yourself. You're saved, but you're still struggling with the flesh. Amen? Anybody? How many know what I'm talking about? So uh, God tests, and sometimes you're going to have tests and troubles. You say, God, where are you? God says, I'm right here. We're in relationships. I'm going to fix you. I'm going to beautify you. The, the, in verse 3, he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Your garments did not wear out, nor did your feet swell these 40 years. And you say, well, I don't relate to any of that. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's just back up just for a minute. Could we just back up? How many know if it had not been for God, Amen. you would not have a place to live today? Anybody know that? If you, I mean, you're all educated right now, but if it had not been for God, you would have never made it through the university. 
You understand if it had not been, you look at yourself. I walked out in my backyard today. I was looking at that magnolia tree that is in my backyard and it has some flowers on it. It's looking around and saying, God, why am I standing here in this yard? How is it that that house is my house? How, how is it you carried me and my wife and my two little babies to Virginia Beach back in 1986 and we came here and didn't have much? I mean, I didn't have money, didn't understand hardly anything and you took me nothing and allowed me to pastor this church and look how you have done it but I I remember when I planted that little tree out there and I carried it home in the back of my car now it stands about 30 foot high and gives me blessing do you understand some of you are going through some stuff right now. And you say, I don't understand where I'm going. Some of you are going through a time of testing. That's where many of you find yourself. God is saying it will continue to be a test until you learn that worry doesn't fix stuff. God doesn't want you to live in this fear. In Romans 8 verse 15, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption. You received the spirit. And by him we cry, Abba Father. He has purpose for your testing in Romans chapter 12 and 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And then Ephesians 4 and 14. I've got a reason for your testing that you will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, you'll be speaking the truth in love. You'll grow up into all things. You'll grow up into him who is the head that is Christ Jesus why am I going through this you know you wouldn't be studying the word of God if you weren't going through what you're going through right now how many know prayer accelerates in trouble I'm calling out to Jesus weren't even calling out to him before God will walk you through testing wave at me if anybody knows I'm telling you the truth check it off check it off if that's where you are I'm in testing right now or for warfare this gets a bad rap all the time warfare warfare is a life of purpose where the kingdom of God is advancing be strong and of courage do not be afraid or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go story of Israel crossing the Jordan and the conquest of Canaan land is the story of warfare Uh, this is where okay church you with me This is where the Lord wants you to be. This is where he wants you to be. You say, what? Warfare? People come to me and say, I'm going through a lot of warfare. I want to say, hallelujah. No, no, we're going through warfare. Oh, you mean testing. You're saying warfare, but really it's testing. Because your warfare is on peripheral things. I just, you know, I'm going through warfare right now. I need a lot of money. No, that's testing. I'm struggling in my marriage right now. You're going through testing. You're going through testing. Testing. God wants you to trust him. He's going to change some things. He's going to change some attitudes. He's going to shift you. When you get out of it, you're going to look like Jesus. All right? So sometimes you confuse wilderness and warfare. Warfare is, I'm finally crossing the river and taking back what belongs to me. I know who I am. I'm going to a place now where I already know that they are bigger than me in the flesh. And, and I ain't got all of the tools. I ain't got, but I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be strong in the Lord. The story of Israel crossing the Jordan is a sweet place 
What you were trained and tested for. Come on. It's, it's my story. I can hear it in my spirit. After almost 30 years of pastoral ministry here in Virginia Beach, I can hear it as I'm going in my next season. I can hear heaven saying, I took you through all of this for what's next. Now wake up and take on the armor of God. Pick up the sword of the spirit and do what I positioned you to do. Thinking of our tests, our trials, and our pain, and the times the enemy tried to kill me. I, I, you know, I, I'm thinking of my healing journey. I'm thinking of my increase and my decrease. I'm thinking of when I wanted to drop my sword and run. I'm looking around and thinking in this room are some people that have stood together. But God is saying, don't just sit around on the other side of the Jordan. Come on, take, let's go to battle. Let's go to war. Let's be what God called us to be. Anyone with me on this right now? It's the message you hear from an imprisoned Apostle Paul. He's in jail in Ephesians chapter 6. He's looking forward to dying. He doesn't expect to ever come out. And so he writes to the church in Ephesus. He says, finally, my brother, finally, I got some words. You need to be strong in the Lord. Put on the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on the whole armor armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the sage. When you study Joshua, the story of Joshua, those are supernatural forces that they are fighting. When you, come on. He says, I want you to put it all on that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And then in verse 14, he says, stand therefore. Somebody shout, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always. Praying always with all prayer and supplication, praying in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me that utterance may be given to me and that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Paul says, I may be in jail, but I'm in warfare. He's writing the word of God. Okay, and finally, inheritance. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand. Everybody stand Altar workers come. I want all my workers to come and stand all the way across. If my workers would come and spread out all the way across. Spread all the way across. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I need some of you to stand over in here. I need some of you to stand over in here, too. got to get this done. You ready? Did anybody check off any boxes? Or are you just listening to me preach? Okay, I'm, that, listen to me preach and check off boxes. Okay, so here you go. I gave you four boxes because the final one is inheritance. Now look at me. You ain't there yet. You ain't there yet. All right? We are walking in eternity, but one day... The Bible says Joshua took the land just as the Lord had directed him, which is the promised land, and he gave it as an inheritance to Israel according to their tribal divisions. Then the land had rest from war. Now, that also reminds me. That also reminds me of what happens in our life. Uh, anybody giving your life to Jesus? Anybody saved? Any saved people in the house? Romans 8.1. 
Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Give your life to the Lord Jesus. You don't have to be afraid of death. Anybody want to praise God for that? Okay. So what does that mean? I don't need to be afraid of death. Uh, it means Romans 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead small and great standing before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. Stop right there. Okay, get this. I ain't worried about that at all. Anybody got that? Don't worry about the great white throne judgment if you've given your life over to Jesus Christ. Anybody thankful for that? Somebody praise God. Anybody, anybody thankful that you are set free? Romans, excuse me, Revelation 20 and 15. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I know a lot of you white out that particular scripture, but it's still there. Okay, it's still there. It's still there. Give your life up to Jesus. Surrender your life up to Jesus. All right? We get to live forever. Somebody praise God for living forever. Praise God for that. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And after that, we are still alive and our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever encourage each other with these words okay has that happened to anybody yet in this room not yet but how many know it's going to happen somebody shout it's going to happen shout it's going to happen shout it's going to happen however we're not there yet so here we are now here's what we're going to do okay how can we do this I'll, i'm just going to put i'm going to put this over here okay you guys got this okay if you checked on your box if you checked deliverance or covenant if you're just crying out to God and you need to enter in covenant with Jesus I want you to come over here on this side okay if you checked one of those three boxes okay if you checked wilderness and warfare side this way guys side this way just a little bit if you if you checked wilderness or warfare I want you to come over on this side, okay? Are you ready? Anybody check any boxes? Come on down, okay? All right, now wait. Before we start, I just want you all to come on down. Just everybody come. We're not going to pray for you yet. I just want you to get on down here. Just get on down here. Just come on down. Squeeze in. Uh, those of you who are prayer workers might have to step on the first step. Okay, step on the first step. If you check deliverance or covenant... Come on down, come on down, come on down. Come on over here, Tom. Now wait, wait, let me help you. Deliverance and covenant, okay? Deliverance and covenant. It is, look, I'm ready for my life to change. All right? I need to get in right relationship with the Lord Jesus. I want to surrender my life completely over to Him. Deliverance and covenant, all right? I'm going to tell you what you're going to do here. Terry, Chris, this is what we're going to do. Over here. We are going to pray for them. We're going to talk about covenant. And you're going to have the supper of the Lord. 
You guys got that? Over here. Come over here. Where's my, this is my crowd. Wilderness of warfare. Nearly all of us should be in warfare. But squeeze on up, squeeze on up, squeeze on up, squeeze on up. We have plenty of room in this direction too. Over the squeeze on up. You can squeeze around. Come on this way. There we go. All right. We are going to anoint you for the cause of warfare. Now, if you are sick and you need healing, you tell one of these people. If you're going through something, you need special prayer for what you're going through. Tell these people they're going to pray for you. You can actually pray for one another back there as well. All right. Healing, deliverance, freedom. Okay. Warfare. We're going to pray that God is going to enable you to do magnificent things through the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody ready for prayer? Everybody? All the way in, all around the room, would you lay your hand on somebody nearby you? And would you ask them, is there a particular box that you've checked that I can pray for you for? Would you do that? All in the rooms, all in through the seats, okay? Are you ready? Now, Father, here we are in the name of Jesus. We've checked our boxes. Father, we say in Jesus' name that people will be delivered. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus that people will enter into covenant with you. We declare, Father, in the name of Jesus that those who are in a wilderness time, who are going through testing, Father, that they will know that you who have begun a good work in them, you will also complete it. We pray, Father, for those who are going through trials, who are being humbled in this particular time. Help them, Father, to be shaped the way you want them to be shaped. We pray, Father, for those who are ready to cross the Jordan and possess the land that you have called them to. We ask, Lord, that you would freely release swords into our hands that we would take and dress ourselves rightly for the cause of the kingdom of God bless your people may your spirit rest upon us now in the name of Jesus may your spirit rest upon us come Holy Spirit begin this good work Father when we leave this place we will leave armed and ready for battle we will leave victorious knowing that the wilderness is only temporary You've taken us there to get us to another place. We give you thanksgiving and praise in the name of Jesus. We're going to pray for you. We're going to anoint you and pray for you. Go ahead, prayer leaders, begin to pray. Take people into covenant. Share with them the supper of the Lord. Uh, for those of you, for those of you who are coming into warfare, I want you to band yourself as strong and courageous. I've got armbands up here in the altar. Come on, let's give thanksgiving to the Lord for what He's doing today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. Listen, we're going to continue to pray for these individuals that are here. May the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all. We're going to pray for these here.